0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. plus.
1: I'm going to a city that's set on a hill. Its ruler and maker is the Lord God above. Oh, I'm going to a city on a hill They'll be in heaveninoos are there Oh, I'm going to a city. It lies four square. The gates are made of Jasper and I
2: Hello everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzio and I want to welcome you to the prophetic News radio broadcast on Block Talk Radio. And we're also on YouTube. And it's under my name, Susan Puzio. P-U-Z-I-O. In case you don't know how to spell it, you say, I don't know how to spell that name. I know, I've been stuck with it. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway. Our videos are there on YouTube. And we have our website, propheticnews.com, and there's hundreds of articles on there that I've accumulated over the years, especially in the archives section. So there's, you could spend days learning and from other people that have written articles over the years. And so those things are out there for you. Also, our book, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? And our book on Paula White, the former presidential spiritual advisor who's still advising Donald Trump, God help us but anyway, uh, also we have uh, our email address if you want to contact us is Susan at propheticnews dot com and you can email me. I do answer all of my emails, so email me there if you would like to contact me. I want to give a big hello to our dear brethren in Canada and Australia, especially today. Our hearts go out to you. There's so much controversy going on in these countries. Of course, we know that the United Kingdom has dropped all their mandates. Thank God. I think that uh, they were going to try to get rid of the prime minister there. So he had because he was having these drunken parties or something when they were supposed to be quarantining or locked down anyway so i think he was he's trying to buy the public's favor, favor by uh releasing them from their bondage anyway it's nothing to take lightly this virus I don't think we have to live our lives in fear, but we do have to be careful of this thing because it's so dastardly, evil. And just this week, we've ha- I've had quite a few friends come down with it, and even one of my friends, Bill Randall, a dear pastor, passed away. This week and we're very grieved to hear about it and his dear wife and his Kristen Randalls and his six children and his many many grandchildren he will be sorely missed and so I wanted to do this program today to replay this program I, I had something else planned but with Bill passing away and his great contribution to the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ his many books I think he had 7 he might have had more they're available on Amazon he wrote a great book about the Toronto so-called blessing and it it, it was an exposé really and uh that's available on Amazon along with his other books. And I think you'll really be blessed by his ministry. Making War in the Heavenlies was one. Uh, This one was really good. Weighed and Found Wanting, and I believe that's the one on the uh, so-called Toronto Blessing. This is a good one, too. Beware the New Prophets revised A Caution of the Prophetic Movement. So he made so many great contributions to the church and he defended the faith. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and so he will be greatly missed. But I thought I would play this program today in his memory and it's, it's full of good information for us. So without further ado, we will play the program.
3: It's always been my great concern, and I feel that when people can see it laid out um, for what it really is, then it, it answers a lot of questions because the theology that underlines the false prophets has become pervasive throughout the evangelical, Pentecostal, and charismatic world, unfortunately.
4: Yeah, unfortunately. Now, you say manifest sons of God, so what do you mean by that exactly? Okay.
3: That is uh, a movement that uh, at one time in the 1950s had been repudiated by the Assemblies of God denomination, mm-hmm. among others. It's, it's, it was a spiritual uh, revival movement uh, that sprang up in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and a lot of it was based on the teaching of one of the premier false prophets of our day, William Branham, whose influence has been profound. And basically, it's a it's a spinoff of Romans 8. Of God says in Romans 8, Paul says, all creation eagerly awaits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Okay, and yeah. what this teaching is that this this manifestation of the two sons of God Will occur before the second coming of Jesus It's something that will happen in the church There will be an elite company of people Who will come into a special revelation knowledge And uh, equipped by new pastors and new apostles And new prophets They will rise up and they will do supernatural exploits And Astonish the world and turn the leaders of the world over to Christ. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge and very very huge idea that had, had been repudiated by these like said of like God. But this is this is where you get your Word of Faith teaching. This is where William Branham was a great proponent of this. That we are waiting for a time, a special explosion. Of power and signs and wonders, when a certain group of elite believers manifest their sonship, and it was also it was associated with something called the Latter Rain movement, and this this idea keeps remorphing into other, like the Word of Faith movement, the Dominionist movement, the whole idea. Is that we, if we if we're not to wait for Jesus to come back, but Jesus is waiting for us to come into our own spiritually and to dominate and 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 amaze the world with signs, wonders, and miracles, and this is the idea that's captured the, a good good share of the church and has distorted the faith of many.
4: Terrible, it's terrible. Yeah.
3: Well. It's terrible, but you can see how it would appeal to certain kinds of people, and especially to uh, people of our culture in America, which we like winners and we like power and we believe in power and and glory and prestige and everything like that. But it is is a, a terrible doctrine which has completely distorted many, many churches. Prophets come into play in that, they, uh, it was a prophet, well, a false prophet, William Branham, that really promoted this. And the anticip- anticipation would be that there would be thousands of new prophets and apostles. That's why you have this emphasis on apostles and prophets over the last few years and people teaching uh, how to be prophets, how to prophesy, uh, because they're all trying to be the fulfillment this long anticipated uh, version of Romans chapter 8 19 through 22 all creation waits the manifestation of the Son of God now now Orthodox Christianity teaches that all creation is waiting for Jesus to come back and to restore everything uh, to what God wants and that that would and that that the true nature of Christians on that day like Jesus said, in the regeneration, the righteous will shine like the sun. Okay, but uh, the, the, the deception is that these new prophets and new apostles have been teaching for 40 years now, 50, 60 years, that this will happen before the Lord comes and that it will be brought about through the ministration of super apostles and super prophets. So that's that's where you have this movement.
4: Yeah. So... Would you say that bill hammond is a is a vital part of this movement yeah
3: yeah huge he is uh He has written several books on uh the prophetic movement, promoting it, of course, and teaching people about the nature of being a prophet and prophecies. Yes, his teachings have had a major impact on this movement
4: so how has it, would you say, in your opinion now, how do you see it? How do you see this movement? It, it Has it been expanding? Um, yes, it has.
3: Look, look the, the influence, uh, Susan, is, is amazing. Uh, we have the President of the United States whose uh, confidant and spiritual mentor is actually a woman, a woman pastor who is a part of this word faith movement. He was prayed for by a man named Rodney Howard Brown, yeah. a major false prophet, not even from this country, a major false prophet who was once known as God's bartender, who is known for yeah. putting people in trances and making false prophecies. This man actually laid hands on our president in the Oval Office to pray for him. And he was with a number of other ministers of, of, of more respectability. So the idea that they would do this together shows that the, the, that these ideas that were once considered so far out, so extreme, have been successfully mainstreamed. And I see it as a huge, huge problem. We got to remember that the, the eschatological picture tells us that we are going to come into a time of signs and wonders of Satan. And that there would be the ultimate false prophet would emerge on the on the scene to lead people to worship Antichrist. So uh, it's, that may sound far fetched to uh, many people, but it, it this this fits completely with the picture of this explosion of false prophets. And uh, the thing is that I wrote I wrote this book not not saying that I'm a cessationist and that I don't believe it's possible for there to be a prophet. No, but the the way I approach the subject, sister, is that I thought, well, if God's people are expected to um, to deal with prophets, then at least let's give them the test to to reveal true from false prophets, and don't leave them at the mercy of just, uh, well, this man seems sincere, or that guy seems like a nice guy. But Jesus said there will be false prophets among the people, and false teachers would explode in the last days. So I, what I wanted to do is give the tests. Okay, there are specific biblical tests. Bible says, "Try the spirits and see whether they be of God or not." And uh, I'm calling on people to be Bereans and to be very, very discerning, and uh, to expo- to expose these so-called prophets to scrutiny that is spiritual. And that's where I think this book would be really helpful.
4: Yeah. It's uh, it's quite amazing, I thought too, that the president of the United States has this woman who once told her congregation on a Sunday morning her and her husband to watch pornography. Yep. And yep. Uh, for people like Robert Jeffers and Jack Graham and. Franklin Graham and some of the others that appear with her and they don't seem to bat an eye. They don't take a stand. And then to, like you said, to allow someone like Rodney Howard Brown to go and lay hands on the president. It's It's all very, very shocking.
3: It is. It's astonishing. And I mean, he, humanly speaking, if I was uh, a political enemy of the president, I would just produce tapes of Paula White and Rodney Brown and some of his other friends and totally embarrass him out of the White House. It's it, These people aren't even subtle. They're just it's crazy. Uh, the, here's a woman who, who yeah, like you say, she advised pornography. And they ended up getting a divorce. I mean, who, who, who knew? I mean, and she continues in the ministry. And here's Rodney Howard Brown, a man of of spiritual drunkenness, a man putting people in trances. And yet they're in the very top office of the land. I mean, the, the, the manifest sons of God uh, that morphed into the word of faith, into the new apostolic reformation, They've always had a very, very strong desire to influence at the top, the political level. Their, their prophecies are always saying that these prophets would be consulted by politicians. Their, uh, their ambitions are that uh, the world leaders would come and shake their hand and ask them what, what, what to do about situations. That that's how powerful these men would be. In fact, one of the most uh, notorious of the false prophets, Rick Joyner, had a vision in which he saw people saying um, something like, uh, "The apostles, you think the apostles are lining up to? Sh- uh, so, or you think you're going to shake the apostles' hands when you get to heaven? No, the apostles are lining up to shake your hand. That's how powerful yeah. you'll be when you. And so, what they do is they flatter people. Yeah. And they, uh, they, like Peter said, they have men's persons in admiration. They seduce them by telling them what they want to hear. And, and evidently, it's uh, pretty irresistible because they have a huge constituency. And this is very, very concerning.
4: Well, it, it's very concerning, especially uh, when you consider the president of the United States and he needs good men of God and women yes. of God around him that will say what's right and say what's wrong, but there doesn't seem to be anybody standing up for the truth. They want to be around him. They want the pictures and they want the publicity, but yet they don't really seem to care about him.
3: I agree with that. I do agree. I mean, it's unfortunately at some, at some point in his life, I mean, Trump has as uh, obviously godless as he once was. I mean, I don't know what his status is now, but early in life, he came under the influence of Norman Vincent Peale, who was another false teacher of great notoriety and whose ideas aren't that far removed from Paula White's and and Rodney Howard Brown. It's all humanism and human deification almost. So, uh, You know, I I I mourn over this, and it's 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 sad. It reminds me of Rasputin or something. These bad people have gotten into the very top level. Yeah,
4: it's very very sad because it is. Wouldn't it be nice if someone would tell him the truth and really be a spiritual advisor? That would be nice. Yes, and and, it, and it's possible that someone has, but they do
3: not get the publicity that these other people get, and they and and they're not as appealing to the flesh. So this is evidently how the game is played, unless God intervenes and sends a Nathan, which we should all pray for. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I say, I'm I'm not opposed to the idea that there could be prophets, but they have to pass the test. And they have to be subject to the spiritual tests. And, uh, the, the for example, any one of these people, I mean, so many of these people make predictions in the name of the Lord that just never come to pass. And it, it yeah. doesn't even phase them, you know. They just go on. And what's terrible is it doesn't phase their congregations. Yeah. Uh, like Jeremiah said, the prophets prophesied falsely. The priests by their means. And then he said, But my people love to have it so. Yeah. And then Jeremiah asked a rhetorical question What will we do in the end? Well, I wrote, I originally wrote more than a new prophet's pick in like 1995, I think it was. And we're, we're close to the end now. I mean, this is 20 years later. And where have these people brought us? The people that follow them are far from God. Churches are being ruined. People prefer uh, uh, shows to truth, content, and doctrine, and preaching, and they're they're ruining people, and it's just truly, truly frightening.
4: Yeah, we've seen such a change over the last 10, 20, 30 years, how things changed at church, and how church... It's true. Run. It was a teaching center back when I first oh, got saved in 1981. You went to church, and it was a teaching center.
3: <laughs> that's, that's what that's what my experience was too. I mean, I went to an Assembly of God church, and, and I I learned. I mean, they were they had us in the Word. But yeah. You have you you know for example like Rick Joiner, here, here's a man that that is supposedly a pro- prophet, and he publishes books that are hundreds of pages. They're not teachings. They're not insights. They're they're not expositions. They're all spiritual experiences. He went to heaven. He talked to an angel. He talked to William Branham. He talked to Paul. You see what I'm saying? That is so different from buying a book like like a Martin Lloyd-Jones that's going to teach you a scripture. Because with Joyner, you have to decide whether or not he really had that experience. Or is he false, or is he possessed, or is he crazy? You see what I'm saying? It doesn't give you this option like with any other teacher that you'd say, well, uh, I agree with that uh, interpretation of Scripture, but I possibly don't agree with that one, but at least we're still talking Scripture. And yet he's, he's got a constituency. People buy these books, hundreds and hundreds of pages of false prophecy. And I think of Jeremiah 23, where he says, uh, what does grain have to do with straw? God's people are, have been substituted. Straw for grain. It, it's, it's, it's a nightmare. I, I grieve, really, because people aren't ready for what's coming because they've been listening to false prophets. Yeah. Now
4: We, we, we have things. our work cut out for us. We oh, We, we sure really do. do.
3: We do. I mean, I remember when, and um, I, I was in the nation that's now called Zimbabwe. It used to be Rhodesia, and uh, for just a brief trip. Uh, and I think I went first time. I went with Jewel, but anyway, uh, there were uh, that that government was was changing. There were um, the same things happening in South Africa now was happening then, and everything was getting ready to collapse. But the Christians, there were passing around mameographed copies of Cindy Jacobs' prophecy oh. because she prophesied the opposite, that this is Rhodesia or Zimbabwe would become the breadbasket of the world and, the, you know, all this awesome oh. stuff, you know. So when they could have been getting ready for calamity, instead, they took false hope. And I mean, who wouldn't? From a so-called woman of God, you know, and this is a this is another function of false prophets. I mean, it's bad enough the horrible things they say, but they leave God's people totally unprepared for everything that's coming. And there's a lot coming.
4: Yeah, there's a lot coming. There's a lot coming. <laughs> there we, really we is. The, yeah, we see the increase in wickedness and then of course the storm that we had last week in Florida oh, well oh my I live in Florida and we they always talk about hurricanes every hurricane season all oh, this coming it's coming well it never it never was coming really and they right. always tell us we evacuate you have to evacuate because the big one's coming so when uh when it really came, and and still people didn't evacuate, they stayed because they right. they heard it so many times. But exactly, and then it really did come, and it really did wow. destroy. Oh, it really did destroy. So it's it's kind of the same thing in the, in our lives. Is are we going to be ready? Because Jesus said it's coming, it's coming, and then yep. <laughs> well, we've heard it That's before, a, so
3: that's an amazing metaphor i hadn't thought about that but that's so right it's the boy who cried wolf i mean when you have all the all this flood of false prophecy that it it tends to make people so cynical that they no longer believe that god speaks to us and can speak to us even today so that's another one of the devastating impacts of, of these frauds these charlatans is that they they inure god's people to even believing anymore that there's anything real being said, and it's it's a shame because we need we need to hear from God now more than ever, but we have a yeah. more sure word of prophecy too, and that's the other thing is that we've got the Bible, we've got the word, it's really sad. Yeah. But I I added I I revised the book too. I added three other characters to the teaching. I felt that that the principles are the same, but the way things have changed and developed. I mean, it's it's that you. I, so I put in a thing about a fellow named Bill Johnson and Mike Pickle, and I put in about a person who's so obvious I wouldn't think you'd have to do it, but um, Todd Bentley. Oh yeah. Three false prophets, just just bedeviling the church. I mean, seriously deceiving people, and uh, I just try to warn um, about what their teachings are because, especially in the in the case of Mike Bickle and Bill Johnson, they're incredibly influential, especially over young people. I mean, Mike Bickle has IHOP, a retreat center that people. Uh, Send their children to for weekend retreats, and uh, <gasps> they become immersed in Roman Catholic mysticism, uh, contemplative prayer. I mean, it is really, really unconscionable. And um, Bill Johnson has a, a Bible school. They send young people out to to perform miracles. They teach people how to perform miracles. And Bill Johnson has been quoted as saying that we need to go – we Christians need to go to the New Age movement because they know how to do miracles, and we've forgotten how, so maybe we can learn from them. They're not subtle, Susan. They're they're not even subtle anymore. Uh, There was a day, like when I first wrote this book, I mean I had to look at their arguments and counter them, but these people now are just open. And of course, Todd Bentley. I mean, what can I say? I mean, this, this this man who is probably certifiably crazy, but yet he's regarded as the you know the great power of God by many people. And no no amount of his sins and open transgressions will sway people. For for example, the the, the one of the things I write about in the book is that there was a meeting of major leaders in the prophetic movement. Who had all decided that Todd Bentley was the future, and gathered around him on television and prayed and prophesied over him. And within oh, about a month, he left his wife for a young woman and and left his family. And instead of going and putting him out of the ministry and admitting they were wrong, uh, I think it was Rick Joyner said, "Well, he's like Peter. Peter denied the Lord. He still got to be an apostle." And he brought Bentley under his wing, and allowed him to continue prophesying with his new wife, of course. Yeah. Traveling about the world, laying hands on people. I mean, this this is uh, this is on another level now. I mean, there is
4: uh, that's blindness. What what um, as far as Rick Joyner now, because he seemed to really like come out of nowhere. He started yeah. that Morning Star Journal. I remember yeah. getting it, and it was quite the journal. Uh, yeah. It was an expensive publication, and uh, it had quite a few pages in it. And but where did he come from? Do you know how he ever got started?
3: I really don't know his history. I I just know that it's a matter of of your associates and that that, that he very similar to Frenchman uh, they they were a long time in the, in the basically the latter reign or manifest sons of God movement from their youth raised up in it okay and that movement uh, su- successfully infiltrated right away the charismatic movement and taught a whole generation of people, a different a different way of of looking at God, miracles, prophecy, things like that. But he came in. It seemed like a, a germination in the in the 1980s, around the same time as the Kansas City prophets. He came into some kind of prominence too, and then eventually Japan also. But they all are very. I have to hand it to them joiner French men are very good uh, with words and I'm not saying that I agree with their doctrine it's terrible but they uh, could turn a phrase and they're j- just very persuasive people and very mystical but he came out of that whole milieu of the latter rain and manifest sons of God
4: yeah Because he just seemed to uh, we didn't hear about him uh so much we heard about Kenneth Hagan, Kenneth Copeland, right. Fred Price, and right. of course all that crew that their books from Harrison House. So all of a sudden exactly. Rick Joyner comes on the scene and he's got that very uh expensive newsletter what <laughs> you're looking at, it, you're saying this thing costs some money, you know, to put together.
3: Oh yeah. Well, the, well. The thing about and that you bring up a good point. The
4: thing, the thing
3: about this movement is that it it streams out into different streams and it morphs into different names. The Word of Faith movement with Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, same basic idea that that manifested sons of God. That some group of believers is going to to revelation knowledge is what they used to call it. It's actually a gnosticism. Okay. But they're going to come into the secret knowledge of how to be victorious, how to be powerful. Now, with the with the Cop- Copelands and Haggins, I mean, it took mm-hmm. took on a very distinctly uh, different form. It was a very strong, like a Texan type thing, mm-hmm. where, where with power, and money, and open open. Uh, calls for money and displays of wealth and power and influence. That's what they seem to lust after. With Joyner and Fran Japan, it's a little bit different. It's it's about prophecy and and about being prophets and about uh, mysticism, very, very much like Joyner's uh, Morningstar uh, conferences. They would have uh, meditation. They would have uh, Worship services that would last four hours and basically people using the same three or four chords, I mean people going into trances, slain in the spirit. Uh, it's it's just incredibly mystical. That's that's another form of it. The Bill Hammonds that's very much straight up uh, Latter rain restoration of Apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers—they all—they all have these these commonalities, but they stream off into different forms of the same error. But yeah, it is very to... much gnosticism.
4: Yeah, and I want you to talk about that a little bit. But I wanted to ask you now, as far as the assemblies of God, how how did they ever allow? Um, was it uh, was William Branham ever assemblies of God or A. 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 Allen? They were
3: a. 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 Allen, I believe, was but uh, no Branham never was.
4: Branham okay. has
3: been a one in this Pentecostal, but they accepted him. Oh, okay. They allowed him into their churches, and and the Assemblies of God finally did in the late nineteen. 19- 40s, I believe it was, or early fifties, repudiated the doctrine, manifest sons of God. And and ironically, when uh when the Toronto blessing, which is uh, another form of this, it's a a much more mysticized uh form of this Gnosticism, but when it exploded and people were being brought into trances and mindlessness and sensuality and spiritual drunkenness. George Wood was a high-ranking member of the American Sembites of God, wrote one of the better papers repudiating it. But here is a classic case of parochialism. The Sembites of God repudiated the Toronto Blessing, but as soon as the Pensacola Revival, so-called revival, broke out, which was basically a direct outcome of the Toronto Blessing, Because it was in an Assembly of God church, the Assemblies of God caved in
1: and -hmm. denied
3: their own teaching and denied their own repudiation. And I hate to say it because I love the Assembly of God. That's where I was saved in 1978. Uh, They turned their back on their own teachers. And for the sake of, uh, I don't know what, popularity, fame, or whatever, they went into the flow. Pensacola was basically Toronto Part 2. It did not come out of heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It is a direct outcome of Rodney Howard Brown and of John Wimper and of a, a whole range of other mystics who had promoted this mystical revival. And Pensacola was just the Assemblies of God version of it. It's really cool. sad.
4: I that also- was very, very sad, but they had someone, I don't no, if you know um something about this man uh is his name T- Tommy Reed from New York? Yep.
3: Yep. Yep. He had a vision many years ago. Is that well, what you're talking about?
4: Also, he became involved with uh people that were teaching universalism. Yes. Yes,
3: unfortunately. See, this is this is the problem when you when you base your faith on experience and mysticism, and and I've, I think you're going to see a lot more of these kind of defections. But I think that was quite a while ago, and, and Tommy Reed was well-known in those circles, had visions that they went by, end-time manifestations. A lot of these visions are the same, too, by the way. In the last days, there will be a company of people, a new Joel's army, a new you know, mighty power wave, and it just seduces these people, and they go for them. But I think another turning point for the Assemblies of God is when they accepted Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn is unacceptable. He's a false prophet. He's a false teacher. He's a fraud, but the Assemblies of God actually caved and let Benny hinn join the denomination. Very briefly, by the way, shortly yeah. after they did that and sold their soul, Benny hinn publicly left the Assemblies of God, and it just—it's a shame because those old old-time Pentecostal leaders were wonderful men.
4: Yeah, they did have some—they did have some wonderful men. They had some good. Assembly of God churches here in our neighborhood, which they don't, it, its not anything like it used to be, that's for sure. But
1: not, not uh,
4: I was—I uh, was shocked when uh, yeah. I did some research on Tommy Reed, and I found out what he was associating himself with, and how he even managed to stay in the Assemblies of God. I don't—I don't know if he's wow. still in the Assemblies, but. It was terrible. I didn't know.
3: I didn't know that but he stayed, but I did hear about uh, his dreams and his his point called universalism. There's another fellow named Carlton Pearson who became oh, a yeah. universalist. He used to be one of or Roberts' subordinates and, and um, really big at the school and everything like that. You're gonna see a lot more of that because. Uh, if people will change and if people yield on on the, on the important things, then well, everything's off the table. I mean, if they, if they can fall for for I uh, mean, Ron, 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 you'd fall for anything.
1: Yeah, There's going to be
3: no match for the Antichrist. It's really, really frightening, and I pray to God that he'd shore up his people. See, see one of the other points I try to make in the, in the book, Susan, is that um, it's a said to be a false prophet but it's also a sin to support false prophets and to yes. follow them They god holds people responsible like you said at jeremiah my people love to have it so the people want this i've often made this point if, if there wasn't a real billy hand and kenny Copeland someone would have to invent one because there's such a constituency of faithless professing Christians who want to show or who want to be told that they are little gods or who want a prophecy. They prefer that to the real words of scripture. They'd yeah. much rather have flattering prophecies and hear people speak great swelling words of vanity. So uh, it's, it's sad, but it's an indictment on the
4: people. Yeah, it is, but that is, that is the way it is because when you're in Word of Faith, they do bring in prophets to the church and they always tell you yes. how great you're going to be and how famous you're going exactly. to be and, oh, God's going to promote you and do it. So they do. They flatter you. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. It's, a, it's a trap because you can never live up to all that hype. Exactly.
3: <laughs> and Yeah, and you're always you're always hoping. It's just around the corner, this great big thing that they were saying. It's it's so sad, really. And it takes you so far from what Jesus really wants. Yeah, I grieve. I do grieve, dear sister. It's just sad. It's really, really sad. And I... I, I, Go ahead. I didn't mean... I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I believe that in the case of someone like a Todd Bentley, that's just flat out a judgment on on the on the unfaithful church, because it's humiliating. Okay, that anyone would even give a person like that credence. No thinking person, I mean, worldly people would look at Todd Bentley and say he belongs in an institution. He's, he's yeah, he's crazy. But to have these people flock to his meetings. I, I believe it's a judgment, and and I believe that um, you know one of the things that God says that it's hard for God's people to accept this, but it's true that one of the ways God judges people is He will send a strong delusion, He will send a false prophet, He 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 doesn't sanction what they're saying, but there's a, a, a there's a twofold test in the Old Testament that most people are familiar with the first part of it, but most people are totally ignorant of the second. The first part is in Deuteronomy 18. He says, if any prophet uh, makes a prediction in the name of God and it doesn't happen, then you shall not fear that prophet, and whoever would is rebellious. Now, that is what most people realize, okay, 100% accuracy. But then the second one most people don't realize is in Deuteronomy 13. And it says, the Lord will allow a false prophet to be raised up, and he will have – and I'm I'm paraphrasing it. He will teach you to follow after other gods, but he will be able to truly perform signs and wonders. Okay, and in contemplating on that, I mean – I've often thought of this. No, no one would believe someone if they stood up in a church pulpit and said, I want you to follow other gods. So that's not what God's really saying is going to happen. What he's saying is that their teaching amounts to uh, a call after other gods. For example, Rodney Howard Brown. The God of Rodney Howard Brown, the God that gets people drunk in the spirit or puts them in trances or laughs when scriptures read, and laughs hilariously and mindlessly for hours yeah. on end. That is another god. That is not the god of the Bible.
1: Now, but
3: but the second part of this is that it says, "But the Lord will allow their signs to come to pass." Okay, someone could say, "Well, yeah, but I went to Rodney Hart Brown and we got our marriage back together," or I heard yeah. someone got their back healed. That's called a test. God said in Deuteronomy 13, the reason the Lord will allow false prophets to do signs that seem to work is because he's testing his people to see if they'll love him. So this that's a that's a classic test that if you really love God, then you won't go by signs and wonders, but you'll go by the word.
1: And when yeah. the false
3: prophets give a false word, then it doesn't matter what else they do what predictions they make that do happen or seem to happen or what healings they affect, those are irrelevant. What's relevant is the teaching of the false prophet, and that is how a false prophet is judged, by their teaching. Rick Joyner is a false prophet because his teachings are false. So also is uh, Bob Jones or Francis Frangipan or Bill Johnson – I don't look at the signs as much as the teaching. They're 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 already false, no matter what they seem to do.
4: Yeah, Rodney Howard Brown. A few months ago, he was he was hurt because people were saying, "Yeah, and they say I hypnotize people." Yeah, well, he, he does. does.
3: <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, he, he 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 literally does. Yeah. And 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 he and, and he he may he may be trying to mainstream now. I don't know what his motive is in in, in wondering about that. But that back at, when he was when he did it in in one tape I'm thinking of in particular 1996, he was laughing about putting them in a trance. Yeah. Okay. Every time they came within ten feet of him, even his brother was in line. These preachers would come up for him to pray for him. And when they got within 10 feet of him, they'd break out into a sweat and they couldn't talk intelligently. And he was boasting. He put them in a trance. So now he's acting like, why does everyone say I hypnotize
1: people? Oh, yeah. uh, His feelings were so hurt.
3: The hypocrites. But, but But you bring up another good point. It's because people are sensual these days. That everything is about feelings, and anything that's logic or knowledge-based is usually scoffed at. Then they're vulnerable to false prophets, because uh, you know you're you're supposed to use discernment. Well, you got to think to do that, and people are uh, we're living in a day of anti-discernment and
4: anti-rationality. Well, they tell you not to think.
3: They tell you, exactly.
4: <laughs> Rod Parsley said a few weeks ago, don't think about it. Just let him bypass your head. See, see there you
3: go. That is so evil. Yeah. Well, Robert Brown used to say, don't pray while I'm praying for you. Don't pray. That's
4: yeah. the serpent.
3: That is very, very sympathetic.
4: Well, he came to a church that I attended in the early 90s and it it. it what happened was later on. Oh, all the great prophecies that were going to happen in this church, and he actually stayed 30 days there. Well, the church was Ooh. never the same. The pastor yeah. left because he got a prophecy that he was supposed to be some great evangelist, and he left wow. and he put the church in charge, uh, put someone else in charge that wasn't qualified, and they wound up. The guy wound up committing adultery, and. Oh, boy. Divorcing his wife. The church closed up. Now it's a, a place for weddings. It's a banquet hall, but the, oh the whole gosh. thing was destroyed. It's, it was totally destroyed. It's so sad. Yeah, and so, so was sad. Carpenter's home church. It, 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 right. It, it was bulldozed.
3: Constrator.
4: Yeah. Really? Liter-
3: literally destroyed then, huh?
4: It was literally wow. destroyed because Paula and Randy White bought it. In two, I think 2007, they bought it from Straters, and wow. they bankrupted it. There's a, there's a video on uh, YouTube about uh, these people went in there. I was there. I went over and and uh, did a video about it too. I wanted to go over and see it because had, yeah. and in its heyday, that was the place to go. And of course, Rodney he packed the place out. It see it would seat 10,000 people. He would pack it out every wow. night. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So they uh, they they ran the place into the ground. The electric was turned off, Paul and Randy White. They didn't have the money to pay the electric bill, or so they said. And they let the building go for three years. It was abandoned. It was uh, people tore it apart. They tore the drywall off the walls. The, there was a piano, a grand piano left there to rock. Pianos, instruments, communion trays. Clothes, food—it was horrible. They left it like that, that. Is, and then it was sold. It was went into foreclosure, and it was sold at a foreclosure auction, and they tore it down. They they tore it down. Oh gone. Gosh. Yeah, gone. And when
3: you think about what had happened there before it apostatized, people crying coming to the altar, born again preachers. preachers. Yeah, but but you let in. Most prophets, and everything's going to go bad. I mean, it, it, there's no blessing on it. It's, it's uh, it this. It
4: was is horrible. A good I was there, for what there when done to the was as building as a
3: whole.
4: it. When, when he really? was, uh, oh. well, they. I didn't attend the church, but I drove over there. He was. Ha- they were having a prayer meeting inside, and it wasn't finished. And yeah. uh, I was there when they were trying to build it. But he well, he he really built it too big for it was always just too big he yeah it was wrong from the beginning but like you said people did get saved there it was oh, a place yeah. where uh, people got blessed and to see it yeah. bulldozed. Terrible. How
3: sad. How how sad. What a, what a metaphor though for what they've done to the church as a whole. I mean, they have ravaged the church. And, yeah. Um, there's a lot of wreckage everywhere they've gone. I mean, I could tell you st- stories of how false prophets, uh, even in smaller scale, like the Kansas City prophets and some of their sub subordinates, would fan out throughout the Midwest, and they would prophesy that you know. In such a way that it split churches There was a uh, High school rally at a Christian school and a Young man was called up and and a So-called prophet uh, prophesied In front of everybody that he had a sex Problem when he didn't And they had to put him on Suicide watch and I mean it was Just it's just a mess Okay I I go to New Zealand every year there's a, a lake Called Lake Taupo and a false prophet from England came and predicted that there would be an earthquake and Lake Taupo would flood a town within a certain time period. And that it, that the news had the church actually doing uh, disaster uh, courses and things like that. And when the time came and went, the church was humiliated and they asked the prophet to come back and explain himself. And he <gasps> showed not shown up since. So, yeah, no, yeah. it's just incredible. It's just unreal. And that's just a few of the stories. I mean, it's it's a nightmare what happens. Well, it's exactly what the Bible says. The, the false prophets, they build a wall and it'll collapse, you know, and they heal a wound and you'll, you'll die of grain green, okay? They heal the, the wounds of my people slightly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. And so we're living in that very, very environment right now. And you know what's interesting, too, Susan, is that here we are 20, 25 years later after this movement broke out, and they said that there was going to be revival everywhere, and the Christian church was just going to be dominant, and our leaders would be sought by world leaders and everything. The opposite has happened, okay, because they were given heed, these false prophets, people listened to them. And even even respectable people, like the people that used to run the Assemblies of God, they knew that these movements were false. But when it came to their advantage, they sold out. It became a classic morality test. And I really grieve because I think the, the Assemblies of God, as a very respectable Pentecostal organization, could have given so much guidance and direction to the charismatics and pentecostals but instead they just went with the crowd and and i've been grieved by them ever since
4: well they even they had a uh i contacted them a few years ago about something that was going on and they even they had a a board that was supposed to oversee heresy right Right. (laughs) Well,
3: (laughs) ever since they let Benny Hinn in, I guess that kind of tells you where they're going to come from.
4: I mean, contact the head of our heresy board or I can't remember the exact Uh, term they used, but It was something like that, our heresy board. And I contacted him and he said, oh, you shouldn't say that. Well, I'm not saying it. He's saying it. Here, I'll send you the tape. I'm not saying it. it. He's (laughs) saying it.
3: Yeah, said, well, just and, just then, and then they'll what say, what's saying? your problem? Exactly, yeah. it's it's so sad and so true. And the thing is, is this is this is one of the reasons why I I'm dubious about denominations anyway because political people do well in, in situations like that and they rise to the top. Not spiritual people, people that are good at at politics. I mean, yeah. for example, here here you bring a serious concern. And oh that's not my department. Okay, so you get a bureaucratic response and then he they probably and then they gave you a political response. Oh, you shouldn't yeah. come around saying things like
1: Yeah. Whatever
3: happened to protecting the flock from from wolves? Yeah. But there's a lot of politicians out there now. And I I only I'm only heartened by this one thing. That there is a remnant church springing up yeah. everywhere. Many of them refugees from these false churches.
1: Yeah, they gathering
3: <laughs> and being fed. God won't be is right. wow. Isn't it beautiful? I mean, God will not. You know, there, there's a there's a passage in the Old Testament that was originally a sarcastic challenge. They said, "Can God set a table in the wilderness?" And the answer, of course, obviously, yes, He can. And he will it, 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 thou prepares the table for me in the presence of my enemies. God will feed his flock. They, people don't have to listen to false prophets or go to these bad churches that that uh, sell out. Uh, there are people out there preaching the gospel, and thank God for it.
4: Yeah, yeah, there really are, and and thank God for it is right because God's going to have a church no matter what. And exactly. uh he's going to have people out there that can feed the sheep and we all help yes. each other try to get along during these times because it is it's <laughs> just, just when you think you That's saw everything, something it. else comes along and, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're amazed. I, I, the, the thing was when I, when I contacted the assemblies of God and I did contact George Wood and he did answer me. And then he said, put you, I'll put you to our her- heresy board or whoever. And, and the <laughs> the man on the heresy board was an old timer. I mean, he was an old time Pentecostal and you, you would think that he's been through a lot. He's seen, a, he's seen a lot and yet yeah. he didn't. Yeah. He was playing politics. Like you shouldn't say that. And well, I think, I think after all though, uh, the thing that I did bring to their attention, I, it, it did. Something was done about it eventually. Whether they did it or or the person just dropped out, uh, maybe they just dropped out of the assemblies. But I, I often thought, though, how did they, how did the assemblies of God ever accept Kenneth Hagen?
2: Right,
3: that was a huge mistake, right, right there. You got it. I, I, but but by the way, I will say this is that I truly believe. That Hagen uh, went from somewhat bad to terrible. That the more famous he got, the more open and and powerful about his true beliefs and and his promotion of UW Canyon and all this other stuff. Yeah. That perhaps back in the fifties and sixties, you he, he, it might not have been that bad. I I don't know, but I, that's always been my theory because I wondered that myself. Yeah. Total heretic. Yeah, uh, you know, it just sell out. It's, it's it's sad because that was a great organization, and uh, they had uh, like the missions and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was a real. T- when when Swagger collapsed too, that was a turning point for them.
1: And yeah. I don't even
3: think that I don't think Swagger was a false prophet. I think he was just a a man that had a moral fall. But yeah. Um, Something happened after that. I mean, I don't know the the reproach of the world probably had something to do with it. I but what one my last thought on this is that I believe that these false prophets will eventually bring persecution on the true church because um, number one because they're so blatantly ridiculous that it will bring a level of spite uh, as they get exposed uh, from the world on the church. In fact, in some cases, like if you look at a uh, Todd Bentley, that's dangerous. That, that people look at that like, this guy's crazy. He's dangerous. And so are these people that like him. I do believe that there's a persecution coming. And I believe that um, it's already started in some ways. And that if if I say anything to the Christian church that's listening, just, just please wake up and wake everybody else up around you and turn to the Lord with all your heart and seek the Lord. And throw away all your Rick Joyner books and your false prophets and your videotapes of false prophets, and just go back to the teaching of Scripture. We are not above any of it. We have not gone so far. See, a lot of this is a gnostic idea. That we're the elite, and we—it's it's the Scripture's just not good enough. I need Joyner's words, and I need—I need to be blessed by Copeland or Hagen or something no that, that we need to humble ourselves and go back to what we learned at the first and put ourselves under good good solid teaching of the word of god
4: yeah amen to that we do, we we still have a long way to go but you know we're going to oh, hang on do. to uh what jesus did for us we can, we'll never forget what he did for us and exactly so that, that keeps us going when we remember how we were before uh, yes, yeah. the Lord picked us up out of the pit, and Amen. so. But, Amen. um, I just thought if you, if you would just give a a brief explanation before we close here about sure. gnosticism. Oh yes, the Go word
3: on. gnosticism is g-n-o-s-t-i-c-i-s-m. It's we get our word agnostic is close agnostic with an alpha prefix means I don't know, but a Gnostic is someone who claims to know. And what they know is, is, in effect, the secret teaching. See, Gnostics are elitists. They say, well, the average everyday Christian has been taught this, but that wasn't enough for me. I needed the higher, the deeper, the secret. And this kind of appeal is often um, answered by other Gnostics and the they're people that redefine the knowledge of God according to secret teachings. Okay. For example, someone says, Well, you're still in scripture. Well, that's the elementary. I mean, I've got, Rick has got visions, dreams, revelations. Okay. And nobody wants to be left out of the inner circle or the secret knowledge. So Gnostics, uh, Gnosticism is an ancient. Uh, inveterate enemy of the true gospel, it was. It was even being fought in the first century, and it'll go all the way to the end. And we're we're currently living in a Gnostic world, okay? Where even secular people are saying, you know, you got books like this, the Lost Books of the Bible or the Bible Codes, or you got yeah. prophecies and Nostradamus. All of this is, is Gnosticism. It's a it's a secret knowledge, and it, and and. It, I wrote a book called uh, Mending the Nets because I believe that the epistle of 1 John really addresses this. And what John says is, go back to what you heard at the beginning. Or he says, I write no new thing to you, but the old thing which you heard from him. Because what has been happening in John's day, and it's still happening to this day, these super teachers and super prophets and super apostles came along and redefined what it means to know God. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, to know, knowing God to me is you. You pray. You don't see Him. You don't. You don't have a walking conversation. You're waiting for Him to come back, like Peter yeah. said. You've never seen Him, but you love Him. You. Dip, yeah. You rely on Scripture. You humble yourself to each other. You accept teaching. Well, Gnostics uh, don't like that because that's too simple. That's too humble. They want the the secret teaching. And they get accommodated by Gnostic teachers as they did in the first century they do to this day. John called us back to the beginning, to the simple things. Go back to what yeah. you heard at first. And yeah. so that's and, – and, and I could just to tell you just briefly, that's why I called that book Mending the Nets is because I heard an amazing – I read an amazing metaphor in a book by Watchman Nee. I don't know if you know who that is, but he he did quite a bit of writing in Chinese. And in this book, he said what Peter, James, Peter, Paul, and John were doing professionally when Jesus called them became a metaphor for their ministry. And then he gave this example. Peter was throwing out the net. So he and, and, and you see that he's the first one to step out of the boat or the first one. To stand up on Pentecost he's always throwing out the net the first one to go to the Gentiles okay and then Paul comes next he was a tent builder and who built up the tabernacle of God by his teachings like Paul okay and then he said but John comes last and he was a fisherman too but when Jesus met him he was mending the nets and basically what he's saying is we always are going to need Peters to initiate things We're always going to need palms to build things up, but we'll always need, and especially at the end, someone to come along because the net is frayed and torn and distorted and twisted. Someone needs to take us back to the beginning and that's what John does if you really think about it in that book it's very many uh first John is a very simple book but it's very very profound in calling us back to the first knowledge the, yeah. this is the message you heard from the start you know and so yeah. um, that is the antidote for gnosticism is first John especially of course all the bible but first John especially
4: yeah well, that, that's that's so true. It's the simple, the simplicity of the gospel. That's that's how we got saved. We it was a simple that's message. Right. We received it by faith, and yes. our lives were changed forever. So exactly, exactly. But
3: then along comes Copeland <laughs> and, Adrian, and yeah. they Yeah. you know they brought but, a secret knowledge. If it, yeah. they didn't even talk that way, they would always say stuff like, oh, your pastor is going to say this, and some, the elders are going to say that, but here's – I've been up in your theology. See, that kind of talk, which you if you've heard it once, you've heard it a thousand times in the Pentecostal charismatic world, that kind of talk is nothing talk. Because what they're saying is, I'm going to take you away from the old tried and true and take you into dangerous, uncharted territories. To which, which that that fills that desire for adventure that people have.
4: Yeah. This is
3: uh, idolatrous.
4: Well, they know what they're doing. They're like oh, you said. Lord they God. they don't hide it anymore. They've come out of the closet. Oh. They they tell you yes, where they they're
3: are. at. Yes, they do. They do. And what? And why is that successful? Because they can appeal to the rebellion that's already in the heart of too many. Yeah. Of us. God's people. I mean, we live in a rebellious generation,
4: and deep calls unto deep. Yeah, they know how they know how to do it. They just like they appear with the pope. They came right out and they and they went and appeared with the pope. This,
3: this is insane.
4: <laughs> this is yeah. utterly insane. I mean,
3: I know, and of, of all popes, I mean, this is like the worst pope that the yeah. modern times. I mean. This man is is openly atheistic, basically, and yeah. they 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 think it's a good thing to appear with him. Yeah, this is, this is really really crazy. Did you ever think it'd be like this, sister?
4: No, no, I I, I never thought either. it would be like this. I never no, thought I it would no be concept. like this. No, no. I always well, thought there would the at least be. We thought we thought. I mean, the Bible talks about it, but. You know, that was for another time, not our lifetime. <laughs>
3: exactly. Well, I also, I also thought, well, there may be some crazy things, but within the church, it, it'd all be very strong. But I had no idea what the, what it would be like. I mean, no. the idea of evangelicals wanting to meet with the Pope and thinking that's a good thing. Uh, that's, incra- that's
4: insane. It was. It really was insane. Yes. And... and uh yes. But they're not hiding. They're not hiding. They came out. Nope. They came out and showed everybody really, this is where, where we're at. So take it or leave it. But people, they, they're taking it. They're taking it. So yep.
3: That's a shame. I mean, they don't,
4: evidently they don't have to hide. See, what that
3: tells me is that now the people are ready and have been conditioned for 40 years to see and hear the word of God openly denied. Okay, yeah. that's all that means. Is that it's it's all right to deny the work now because this whole new constituency has been trained and programmed to not mind that, and th- to me that might be the saddest fact of all.
4: Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's very sad, but we'll wait and see what happens. You know, we. That's right, sister. We long for uh, we long for that city. <laughs> yes oh no.
3: please God that's what I was just Telling <laughs> someone yesterday I just want To go home I, I know. want to go See the city of Bill square.
4: I know but you know city. it won't be
3: long It really won't He is coming Oh,
4: oh I hope I hope he comes soon I hope he comes You're soon because sure. I, I've never I'm seen real. it Like this no I've never seen no. it Like this
3: No it's actually getting ominous to me You know there's, a, yeah. there's an undertone told this that is very very ominous because you know we have lived in a judeo-christian world and that has its privileges and, and 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 advantages that we just take for granted but uh you cannot have that if the whole world turns its back on on the judeo-christian
4: god i think yeah. we've
3: been going on fumes for quite a while
4: yeah we've been going on fumes it's true we've been going on fumes and we're all going through something and, and different trials, very weird kind of trials that you're going through, even in your own home. And this, you know, things that are surrounding you that you never thought you uh, would experience, but it's, the world is so different and, People have become with the drugs and the the immorality and the things that are going on. They've really become so much more rebellious than oh yeah, oh yeah, we would ever think we would be. This is
3: this is another problem too, is that. Um, there's a crisis of authority. People are so rebellious yeah. that they, they don't even give a pastor or a father or a mother or any authority figure at all. They give them no benefit of the doubt.
1: No. And this
3: is why I believe a major reason why many pastors have just collapsed and apostatized and gone along with the crowd because they don't know how to handle that, how to just stand through all that and not be moved off of their convictions. They can't yeah. because, you know, there was a time where just because you were a pastor and someone was a Christian, the pastor had some, you know, some gravity about him. That yeah. respect. That's gone. That's
4: gone. Yeah, that's gone. Well, there's a lot of suicides, too, now with the pastors.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes, which is, 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 is
4: a sad thing.
3: Terrifying. Oh I Yeah. It's just... In fact, I just heard about a megachurch mega pastor that committed so suicide. But then yeah. when I read about him, he actually inherited that from his father. His father from yeah. the megachurch, put him in charge, knowing he was um, bipolar.
1: And he yeah. was a
3: real young, handsome man with a nice family, nice wife.
1: Yeah. And but,
3: but he, sh- he had no business in that position.
4: No, and it could have
3: cost. It might have cost. his life.
4: Yeah, he
3: shouldn't have done that. But...
4: No, but that's what happens now. They the fathers build big ministries, and then they want the children to take them over, whether they're qualified or not. And uh, the
3: Eli's sons.
4: Yeah, and then the children never have a. They never get to think for themselves how they want to live their life right. or how they want to serve God. They've got everything handed to them. On a silver yep. platter, and and maybe deep down in their heart, it's not really what they want, but they go with it, and then they do. They wind up uh, losing their minds, yep. and yep. Uh, so it's a terrible thing. And it and uh, but you see that yep. all the time. You see that they give these ministries to their children, and but, uh, they're treating
3: be, um, treating ministry like a business. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fine to hand over a hardware store or something to your child, but a church. Yeah, and, and, and the man obviously wasn't called, and and I don't see see they, with the advent of the church growth movement, which actually made a science out of building churches, yeah, literally a science. Then, then the whole idea of the calling is even escaping people. It's not a person called. It's got to be a person with good business acumen,
1: yeah, or yeah. some
3: or some kind of personality, or good looking, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's really a disservice to God's people. But I think that whole idea is 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 escaping people. Yeah. Well, we gotta pray, don't we, sister? Yeah,
4: we, a good church? Do you have a good church? No, there, there isn't. There's nowhere to go here. Let me tell you, oh, boy, there's nowhere I'm to sorry. go. Oh, it's oh, terrible. Man. No,
3: it is. It's terrible. You know, and you're never going to be like that. And you're in Florida, right? I mean, there's a lot of Christians down there, but the, the oh, churches. there's, there's just, a
4: lot of Christians, but there, there's not that many Christians that are like-minded.
3: No, I hear you. I hear you. No, we have the same problem.
4: And we so you're, you're like you're an alien from another planet, which we are. But you're like, yes. Why? You know.
3: So. <laughs> yeah, we, I know. We just got to keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> you know, God gave me a verse um, the, the lately that was uh, Malachi three says, "Those that feared the Lord spoke often one with another." And the words are written in the book of remembrance, and yeah. they'll be mine, saith the Lord. You know, yeah. we just got to find fellowship with each
4: other and well, then we just do. build each other up. That's it. Do, you know,
3: occasional conference
4: or whatever. That's it. Exactly. If uh, uh, I have the, my radio program, and then I have my friends, and we do, we talk to each other. Some of my friends I talk to every day, and we build each other up, we pray for each other. And so Fantastic. we have our fellowship, and uh, we're like-minded. So I have Praise my outreach God. that I do uh, with the radio yes. broadcast, which, you know, God blesses and gives us listeners, oh, and we do in, to you know, other countries, listening, so our audience grows, and people are hungry for what we have to say. Thank God.
3: Praise God. So... Praise I guys.
4: I I still I have enough word in me, thank God, to keep me going. You know. Amen. Amen. And I try to What a day there. too, where you
3: could. What is it? What a day too, where you could do that. You could have a radio show, and you have people listening on the other side yeah. of the world. Yeah, it's
4: I amazing. Know. The internet. It's amazing. amazing. It, it is. really is because is. nobody knows me. You know, they don't know who I am. Exactly. exactly. But but, but you got
3: you're reaching out.
4: I'm reaching out and God has blessed it. And so uh, we get people from South Africa, we get people from Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, Singapore, uh, some of the African countries. So, uh, oh,
3: yeah, nice.
4: And then some lower percentages in some of the other countries that I didn't mention, but we get listeners all over the world. So, we, we try to do what we can with what the Lord has showed us and the experiences that we've had in our life. So we can help other people. You were in Amen. Word of Faith. Amen. I was in Word of Faith. So yep. we can identify with them. And yes. we were there. So Yep.
3: You know. Yep. we can't judge them. I mean, I've, I've been there. I know what it, what it is to be caught up in that. And I yeah. know why people are caught up in that. It's a very appealing idea to the flesh. Yeah. And uh, Yet yeah, it's it's the serpents lie in the garden.
4: Yeah, I'm really glad you thought
3: of me, Sister Susan.
4: I thank oh, you for having Oh, I think of me. you a lot. I you know I think of you a lot, and and I remember the time that we had there in Florida at that conference, and it was such a blessing because I was just coming out of uh, Praise where to the say Lord, it. Sister. Yeah, you're doing the well time. then. Yeah, I did okay. I, you know, thank God, I did okay because. Even though I was in that movement, I did read the Word, and it yep. was only because exactly. I had read the Word that I was able to get my head together gotcha. finally and gotcha. get okay. out of it. So it Amen. did. I did uh, do a lot of studying, and after oh, my God. my doctrine didn't agree with my with the Bible, then I I finally realized. That, you know,
3: It's a painful thing, but you got to do it. Praise God! You have to
4: do it. You have to do it. You have to leave it all behind. If you lose every friend you have, or 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 whatever, you you have to walk away. You have to do do. it. That's our loyalty
3: test. Where is our true loyalty? It's got to be with the Word. Now, tell me, do you you ever go to conferences or things like that, or do you still have conferences?
4: She's not at, she hasn't been having any conferences. I mean, maybe in the future uh, if I don't really travel anymore, but yeah. you know, maybe the Lord yeah. will one day lead me in that direction. I mean, he would, he, it would it yeah. would definitely have to be him because
3: <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. It. it would be No, I did a, behave, you, know, you know how
4: traveling is, you know. Oh, it's, you
3: know? it's brutal.
4: No, yeah, it's brutal. I, I, have
3: to, I have to tell you though my wife and I try to get down to Florida once a year because we love the ocean. I don't know where you're at. but Are you by Pensacola or are you somewhere else? No,
4: I'm near Tampa. Okay. All right. That's yeah, way I'm down. You're near there, Tampa. Right? I'm in the central, yeah. Oh. I'm in the central part of the state, but I love I love Florida. You know, I love living here. Oh,
3: Florida is a beautiful place, really. Yeah. It really is.
4: Well, look and I everything to- I
3: if you ever want to have another guy get on the phone and talk to you, I'll do it. I love to talk, as you can
4: tell. <laughs> I know you do, but you know this, I'm so glad you came on because you've got so much to offer the listeners, and they need it. You know They look forward to the program every week, and uh, so if I can have guests on the program that have something to say that can bless them, it means a lot, and I'm so glad you I'm- came on. And, I'm deeply uh,
3: honored. Now, how do I find this program? Cause I'd like to
4: start listening. It's Where on. Is it uh, it's on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Blog? You can just put in the search engine, Prophetic News, uh, okay. Susan Puzio, um, on, um, and it usually comes up. Prophetic News right. on Blog Talk Radio, and yeah, we'll it'll come it. up. Yeah. We will look for it. And I'm also on Jackie's network. She has the Rapture Ready radio network. Oh nice.
3: I like Jackie. Yeah. She's
4: a good person. Yeah, yeah, she is. Her and I, uh we're sisters, that's for sure. So oh, uh do you ever
3: interview each other on each other's shows? Yeah,
4: yeah. I interview yeah, we interview <laughs> nice. each other. She she doesn't really do interviews, but we have great interviews. Oh, oh yeah. I bet she she's, does, yeah. Yeah, she's she's been uh studying for so many years she's got so much knowledge of, about all kinds of topics that
1: oh yeah. Uh, can,
4: oh yeah can really help people so yeah she she's, has, like uh, she's
3: a treasure
4: yeah. yeah yeah did
3: you ever have I'm, did you ever have Johanna Michelson or anyone like that on
4: no i haven't had her on yet i've been thinking about inviting her though i've been yeah, she's thinking about her a very interesting her, person
3: her. yeah, yeah. Well, sister, let me know if I can help then okay.
4: Okay then. Is this a
3: two? Is it? This, this isn't a two-hour show, is it?
4: No. Oh, okay, It's, it's usually an hour and a half, and we we just about had an hour and a half, so that was perfect. All right, dear sister. All I right. Know, well, can we pray together. Say, some people say go on for two hours, and I and I could, but.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, I love. I you know what? I love good talk. I really do. I think it's very good for people too. Can I pray with you before
4: I let you go? Yes, please do. Oh,
3: thank you, Lord, for bringing us back together again. And thank you for putting me on Susan's heart. And I ask you to bless this radio show and and all, all her shows, Lord. And whatever your will for us is, you know what we want to do is take the five loaves and the two fish that you give us, and whether by radio or whatever, that we ask you to m- multiply it and bless it and multiply it and feed the very many hungry, the bread of life, and keep us in your will and in your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, bye God bless bye,
4: you, sister. Brother, yeah. I'll have you back again. Thank you so much for coming I on. I really love you, okay? Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. God, bless.
2: God,
4: bless. God bless. Bye bye. All right, everybody. That was our guest, our wonderful guest. Pastor Bill Randolph, and you can check out his books. I guess they're available online or on um, Amazon. Beware of the New Prophets, and then um, he has Making War in the Heavenies. That would be a good topic to talk about. Wade and Found Wanting, that was a good book. I read that one. That's about the Toronto blessing. Boy, that book really helped me back in the day, I'll tell you. So please uh, check out the books. I'm sure you'll be blessed by them. And uh, the most important thing today is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And We need a savior. We need somebody to save us from our sins because we can't stop on our own. Jesus said in the third chapter of John that ye must be born again. First, you're born of your mother, and then you must be born again of the spirit of God. Romans 10.10 says, confession is made with the mouth unto salvation. Confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to put the past your past behind you. And God says he'll remember your sins no more. So the only place you can, you can get peace is from the Prince of Peace. What would we do without Jesus? Give your life to Jesus today. God bless you.
1: I'm going to a city that's set on a hill It's ruler and maker is the Lord God above Oh, I'm going to a city And it's set on a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Oh, I'm going to a city It lies four square The gates are made of jasper And I'll see Jesus there I'm going to a city On a hill And someday I'll be in heaven And there'll be no sorrow there Made of jasper and I'll see Jesus there. I'm going to a city and it's set on a hill. And someday I'll be in heaven and there'll be no sorrow there. And someday I'll be in heaven, and there'll be no sorrow there.
0: Storewide 40% off sale. Shop in store or at bellsflorida.com. Men's and ladies sportswear, outdoor apparel, shoes, intimates, home. Now 40% off. Plus take an extra 40% off all clearance. And take an additional $10 off when you spend 50 with your coupons from Bellsflorida.com. Thursday through Saturday only, it's Bells Storewide 40% off sale. Live life local. Limited front exclusion supplies store for details.